All right. Are you are you loose? Are you stretched? Do you need some more coffee? If you need some more coffee, feel free to go get some. If you need some cake or a snack, something tasty, go get some. If you need the restroom, get in line. It's not magical, so you have to go one at a time. All right, so we have been going through fasting here for two weeks. This is week three. Next week will be four, and we'll wrap up. Um, next week's going to be a little bit different of how we're doing it, so this week's kind of wrapping up the teaching um, about fasting, and we're just going to take a really practical look today, okay? So um, there's some notes pages. There's an outline if um, you would like it. I would recommend it because the thing that one of the things that I've found here as we go along and, I, and Paul's teaching is that we... Um, really owe it more to ourselves to do less of just listening to a pastor on a Sunday morning and more of investing into it. And the one way you can invest in it is to take notes, is to write down the scriptures that we give you, and then pour over that throughout the week. Um, you're gonna get you're gonna be you're gonna gain so much more from what the Lord has given us to share with you if you're reading through it over the week. And we're going to throw a lot of scripture at you. I'm going to challenge you to do that. If you've got a smartphone or, or an iPad smart device, um, there's a QR code on your outline that you can scan and um, get an even more expanded notes. So feel free to do that. Um, you can follow along as we go. Um, okay, does anybody need a notes page? Raise your hand if you do. This is a good morning. This is a fun morning. I like it. Um, okay, so let's get rolling. I want to review really fast. If you haven't been here the past two weeks and you haven't heard what we've been talking about fasting and sharing about it, um, they're up on the website, thegatheringnow.com. You can see, uh, you can watch the sermon, and you can download the notes in full. Um, so be, feel, please do that uh, so you get a good feel of where we're going with fasting I want to review really quickly. The thing that stuck with me the whole time is, is Paul shared with us week one. He said that fasting is creating a physical void from food, media, or relationships and trusting God to fill it spiritually. Doesn't that make great sense? Like, I don't really need to preach because that just makes all the perfect sense. Let me say that one more time. Fasting is creating a void, a physical void, whether it be from food, whether it be from entertainment, from certain people, which might make you want to fast more, um, from something in your life. And then you are taking that time that you normally would have spent eating or doing this and that, and you are instead saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in Jesus. I'm going to fill up with him what I have removed. That's what fasting is in a nutshell. You're taking out and inviting more God in. Okay, does that make sense? Does that make good sense to go from there? Um, a good example I was thinking, has anybody ever anybody watched Lost, the TV show? I know it's like a decade old. Anybody, raise your hand if you ever watched Lost. And it was weird, right? Like, I started watching it recently. I'm in season five. And see, you watch season one, and you don't realize until season two that the writers are on acid. And then, like, polar bears and time travel and submarines start showing up with weird things, but you're already committed. So I'm kind of committed in Lost. And so I've been thinking a lot through deserted island kind of thing, which is not really deserted, but it's weird. Um, 
first thing they, that happened, one of the first things is they got to find water. They, they crashed on this island. They got to find water. And so they set up these little reservoirs with these tarps, which was pretty convenient that they had like Walmart tarps. Um, and so they set up these little reservoirs, and when it rains, they catch this water. And one of the things you notice they didn't do, and you, hopefully, if you were in that situation, they didn't fill up those tarps with, like, rocks and sand and things because if you did and it rained, you would catch less water. That's profound, right? That's really simple. But think, think about fasting like that. We're removing things so we can catch, catch more God. Okay? So keep that in mind. Track with me. As we go through some scriptures, answer fasting very practically. Um, he told us also that you can fast when there is pain in life, certain experiences you need uh, to get through, when you are preparing for something, when you are seeking perspective and knowledge, and maybe when you are seeking preservation and there is a great trial that you cannot get through on your own. And we've also obviously said fasting from food, is, typical, is what you see in, in the Bible, but fasting in general can be just removing something and replacing it. Okay? So the questions that we're going to ask, if you got your outline, is, number one, how should we fast? How should we fast? All right? Simple enough, right? I just told you the why, uh, which is what Paul's been explaining. Here's the how. Turn to Matthew 6. That's kind of our key scripture for this. Because I'll be honest with you up front, there's not a, a lot of instruction in Scripture about fasting, okay? We're doing like a four-week series on it, but there's not a lot of instruction on it. But you'll kind of get, it'll make sense as we go along. Matthew 6, Jesus talks about a lot of things. It's an incredible, um, incredible chapter. And here I want to go ahead and read to you Matthew 6, 16 through 18. So you can kind of hear where we're going Verse 16, whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. We believe the Bible 100% at the gathering. We will never make any apologies for anything that's in it because it is 100% true. And you just got to get down with that from the start and know. So when we read scripture, we believe every word of that. And we're going to break it down, but we believe every word of it because it is straight from the Lord. All right, part A, secretly. How shall we fast? A is secretly. A is secretly. Your fasting needs to be done as obscurely as possible. Nobody should know that it's going on but you and God. If you have voices in your head, keep it from them. It's supposed to be a completely secret thing. It is a sacred thing between you and the Lord. You're not supposed to let anybody know about it. Um, Matthew 6, he says, Whenever you fast, don't put on a gloomy face. Don't walk around like a zombie. Don't make it look like you're worn out and you're hungry to, that you'll be noticed. But like go into super mode. 
Dress up, make sure you look nice, take care of your appearance, smile, keep it a secretive thing. And uh, Jesus is not trying to like make you sne- some kind of sneaky person. He's not trying to like make you hide things from people. But fasting is one of those things where the heart is the issue of it. And when your heart does it in any shape or fashion for other people, then it's, then it doesn't work. It, it, it's been a waste of your time. And so what Jesus is doing to say keep it secret, he's guarding your heart. Because when, he, when you fast, you do it for the adoration and the praise of the Lord only and not from man, okay? Um, you ever play hide-and-go-seek with uh, your child? Like if you're a parent? I know we've all played hide-and-go-seek, right? But sometimes you'll play hide-and-go-seek with your child. My daughter, Kata, likes to play hide-and-go-seek. And we've got like a 1,200-square-foot home with like 300 square feet of like walking space. And so there's not a lot of places to hide. But so when we do it, regardless, I want her to find me. So I don't hide really well. Like I might hide like this, and nobody in here would miss me, right? When she walks in the room, she might, you know, kind of like take a double take because she can't find me. And then she finds me, and she's all excited, and she screams, and then I stomp off and hide somewhere else, like in front of this. Right? That's how you hide with a toddler, right? We should do the opposite with God. You need to be so good at hiding it that nobody finds it. Nobody but Jesus finds it. Otherwise, you're going to risk giving the glory to you and not him. And we can't do that when we fast. Okay? So it's something, A, to be done in secret. I want you to write down a couple of these verses. <clears throat> write down John 5:44 and John 12:43. And I want to specifically read you John 12:43. That was John 5:44 and 12:43. 12:43. He's talking about the Pharisees, and he says, or he's talking about the Jewish leaders, and he says they care more about what the Pharisees think of them than what God thinks of them. They care more for His adoration or their adoration, and not God's. That's what we've got to be careful of. Another verse to jot down, Proverbs 29, 25. Proverbs 29, 25. And again, we throw you all these scriptures, not just so you can hear, like we're trying to convince you that this is biblical, but because we want you to go and feast on this all week long. Okay? So Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. So we fast secretly to be noticed by God and no one else. And set yourself up, just be real practical, set yourself up for success here, okay? If, like, Wednesday is, like, your boss is, like, catering a taco bar or something at work, and you're going to be with, like, 30 people, it might not be the best time because you're going to have to, like, the whole time everybody's going to be like, why are you not fasting? I mean, wh- I mean, why are you not eating? And you'll be like, I'm not really eating today. Yeah, but why? I'm not really at liberty to say. You're gonna, you're gonna, head's gonna swell up, you know. Well, but I don't, I don't really understand. Well, see, there's just some things that you don't do, and some things that I can't tell you. But it doesn't, yeah. You know, just, just go with it. I'm not really eating today. You're gonna run into situations like that that get kind of weird, and you're just gonna open up the door for failure. So just be kind of real practical about it. Set yourself up for success. It might not be a good idea if you're going on like vacation with your family to say, I'm gonna fast all week. 
and you know your family's all out and you're trying to have a good time. It's just there are times when it's appropriate and times when it's not. Um, but as we go along, you're going to see that we can trust those times to make sense by the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're trying to learn more and more and more here is listening to him and let him lead you in that. Secretly, letter B is humbly. Humbly. How should we fast? We should fast humbly. We've got to come before God humbly and with reverence, not with an attitude that says, all right, I'm not eating, God, so you do this. I'm in control. I'm not going to eat this, and I'm not going to go there, so I expect this out of you. And, and kind of a demanding attitude. We might not really talk like that. We might try and say it real sweet. But we don't fast with a demanding attitude. We should fast humbly and with reverence. Um, it's good to expect great things out of God, right? We're not going to deny that. And uh, you can jot down Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. That's about expecting great things from the Lord. When it comes to fasting, you can expect, but you need to expect humbly. And come before him very reverent. All right? Think of it like this. Um, you ever get on a roller coaster? Anybody like roller coasters? Anybody love roller coasters? Anybody hate roller coasters? Okay. When you get on a roller coaster, you, like, commit. And for those of you who don't like them, but you do it, like, just for, some, for the sake of somebody, and that, like, harness of death slowly like comes down over you and then you're like sucking it in trying to make it click one more time you know that feeling like you know that if you get it clicked you won't be able to breathe for four minutes but you you feel safer so you get stuck in there and you don't get out until it's over right and to the best of my knowledge you don't tell that roller coaster where to go right you don't tell it turn left now well, you can't you know, listen because it was already going that path you don't tell it where to go. You get on it, and you say, I'm expecting something great to happen, and I'm just going to roll with it. That's fasting. You get into it humbly and say, Lord, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this secretly and humbly. I expect great things. I'm just going to get on for the ride. that good? that cool? that make sense? We want to fast secretly, and we want to fast humbly. You can write down, um, let's see. You can write down James 4, 6, and verse 10. I want to read you that real quick. James chapter 4, verse 6 and 10. Some great verses for this. He says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then verse 10 says, Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Come before him proud and kind of haughty and look at what I'm doing, do something in return, and you're going to get poor results. Come to him humbly, expecting great things. He's going to do great things through you. You can also write down, uh, if you'd like, I won't read them, um, Ezra 8, 21. I try to enunciate so you can hear it. Ezra 8, 21. Matthew 23, 12. And Second Chronicles 7.14. Let me read you a proverb. You'll hear a lot of proverbs coming from chapter 29 of it today. Proverbs 29.23 says, A man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will retain honor. 
So if you want to do it right, we do it secretly, we do it humbly, and then C, we do it fully repentant. All right, big like churchy words for just being cleansed and having asked forgiveness of God and not with unrepentant sin on your heart. All right, I mean, that's a central part of our faith in following Jesus is to repent of our sins and walk away from them. Um, we need to fast with a clean heart. So that was fully repentant was letter C. I, honestly, I don't really understand how and what and why happens when we come before God and we, and we pray and we're like full of unrepentant sin. I don't really know how that works or if, I mean, I don't think he stops listening to us, obviously, because he's God. I don't really understand how that happens. All I know is, is this. He, does, he desires differently than that. He doesn't want you to come to him entering into a time of prayer and fasting with a lot of like just trash on your heart. He desires for you to be fully repentant first. Um, at the very least, that's, that's what he wants. He wants you to get rid of it before you start. Daniel 9, 3 through 20. Write that down. Daniel 9, 3 through 20. I'm not going to read all that, but let me sum it up. Daniel 9, 3 through 20. Daniel, the prophet, basically is saying this. He's basically praying and repenting to God for unrepentance. He's basically saying, we are trying to come before you, but we're not, we're not fully repentant. And so I realize that you're not really going to work through that. He's praying repentance for being unrepentant. Um... And we're great in America at breaking down sins into little sins and big sins, right? Even a little one. All right, I'll humor you. Even a little bit of a sin, it needs to go. You need to be fully cleansed and repentant before you enter into a, a really holy thing that is fasting before God. Be sure to clean out the spiritual baggage. Think of it like this. Um, if you had a date... If you had a date, I didn't look at anybody specifically because that would be kind of rude. Um, but if you had a date and you had just gotten up from like rolling around in the mud and playing and you were like covered in dirt and mud and nasty and sweat and you, you were stinky, then you wouldn't go home and like, unless you're like middle school boy, then you would do this because that's what middle schoolers do. And it stinks at camp. It smells bad. And they eat snacks all week long and they don't wipe or wash their hands. And they'll be like running around in circles and covered with sweat. And you know, you get that dried sweat smell, and it is bad. And they've got orange Dorito hands, and they're fixing their hair with. It's bad. So, middle school boys excluded, you wouldn't roll around in the mud, and you got this great date, and you would go home. You don't throw clothes on over it, and then put some makeup on or hair gel or whatever, and you go on this date. You don't do that, right? I don't think. I hope not. You go home, and you clean it off. You clean yourself up. Before that, go on a date covering all the stink and the mud up with clothes and let me know how the date goes, right? Well, I guess there's certain places you could take a date and that'd be all right, but let me know how the date goes. If it's a real one, let me know how the fast goes when you go into it unrepentant and full of sin. Let me know how that goes. About as good as that date is going to go when you're filthy on the inside, okay? Keep that in mind. We come to him secretly, humbly, and fully repentant. A couple scriptures to write down for fully repentant. Leviticus 26, verses 40 through 42. Leviticus 26, 
40 through 42. 1 Kings 8, 1 Kings 8, 46 through 53. And then I want to read you 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We know he'll forgive it. We know he'll cleanse it. We need to do that first and then expect great things through him. Okay? So cool. That's how we fast. We fast secretly, humbly, and repentant. So let's ask question number two. What happens when we fast? You guys still tracking? You still with me? I know it's a kind of a long morning. Do you need to wiggles? You need to get your wiggles out? No, that just works with first graders. All right, okay. Ooh, never mind. Uh, what happens when you fast? All right. Jesus tells us what happens when we fast with a, with the right heart. He says, Matthew six. Look at it with me. Matthew six eighteen. If I had not turned away from it, Matthew six eighteen. He says, when you fast, Your fasting will, so that your fasting will not be noticed by men because you've done it secretly. Your Father who is in secret, he'll notice it. And your Father who sees it will reward it. Hear that. When you fast and you've done it with the right heart and with the right motives, God will reward it. Does that blow your mind? I mean, that's really a big deal to me. I mean, think about that. The God of the universe, Jesus says, will reward your fasting if you're done it with the right heart and the right motives. So the next question you've got to ask is, well, what's the reward, right? I can't tell you what the reward is, or I would just be like making stuff up and be like a TV preacher. Um, I can't tell you what the reward is. I mean, I can, you can kind of know some things that it might be for you, um, and if you want to jot these down, you, you're welcome to. The reward may be a miracle. It may be physical healing. It may be an answered prayer. The reward might be salvation of a loved one. It might be wisdom for a certain situation. Maybe something tangible like the money pops up in your mailbox to pay the bills. Um, and then think of our church. Think of, imagine the reward of a church that's fasting constantly. And every day of the week, the gathering would be fasting. Imagine the reward from God. And here's a thought. The reward might just be that you draw closer to God. And I, put, I say just, kind of jesting there. To just draw closer to God should be like the goal of it, right? So that should be all that we really need. And we, and we got to be happy and fine with that. If that is the reward, is that we've drawn closer to him. Because his presence is everything, Listen to this. The reward is not why you fast. It's just the result that Jesus promises. The reward is not why you do it. When you do it for the reward, like it doesn't show up. Okay? Um, the wrong heart that Jesus says is to make a public display of your fasting so that people around you see it and are impressed. I think I've got some blanks up there. Let's see. Sorry, fasting brings a reward when done with the right heart. It was those couple blanks. And then below that, you see a couple more blanks. It says, don't let man's adoration lure you away from God's reward. Don't let man's adoration lure you away from God's reward. Let's 
He says that if that's what happens, if you do it for man and you're very proud in it and you're letting people know that you're fasting and you're kind of sharing it and spreading it around, he says you have a reward. Your reward comes from those people saying, oh, you're great. That's a really good thing. I'm impressed that you're fasting. He says that's your reward. Enjoy it. That's all you get because you're not getting anything from the Father because you didn't fast for him. You fast for the people around you. Make sense? Here's a couple scriptures to write down. John, uh, well, we already wrote that one down. Isaiah 2:22. Isaiah 2:22. Let me read that one to you real quick, as you write it down. Isaiah 2:22 says, "Stop regarding man whose breath of life is in his nostrils, for why should he be esteemed?" Stop regarding man. Regard God. Write down Acts 5:29. Acts 5:29 and Proverbs 29:26. And if you really want to get a little deeper this week, go read back through Isaiah 58 that Paul talked about last week and see what God thinks about when your heart is wrong, when you're doing something like this. Go read, write this one down, Amos 5, 21 through 26. Amos 5, 21 through 26. Read that one and go see how God really feels when we're doing out of ritual and not out of right motives. He hates it. He despises it. So what happens when we fast? We receive reward from, from the Father when we do it with a pure heart. Cool. All right, number three, the last one, when should we fast? When should we fast? All right, I can't answer this, which sounds like I'm doing a really you know, a horrible job today because I keep telling you, well, I don't know, I can't tell you this or I can't answer that. And, you know, you want from a, a preacher to tell you, it all to give you the answers. I can't answer when to fast. I can't tell you uh, how long to do it. I can't tell you what from. I can't tell you uh, when in the week or how often. I, I can't and won't tell you that. <clears throat> Here's what I'll tell you is that if you follow what we've talked about the past two and three weeks, if you, if you approach fasting with that kind of heart, the Holy Spirit will tell you the details. And you won't need me or Paul to tell you when to do it or how much, or from what. You can, you'll be able to trust the Spirit that dwells in you to lead the way through it. And it sounds like a cop-out, but wouldn't you rather listen to Him than us, right? And us trying to force something that's not really there? Here's the key to it. You've just got to do it, though. I might not be able to tell you how, but I can tell you that you need to be fasting as a follower of Jesus. You need to be fasting. Hear this. You won't be a professional at fasting right away, but if you don't start somewhere, you will be unfaithful at it because you won't have done it. You've got to start somewhere. Um, it's got to be a central part of our life as a Christian. Here's why. And you can jot these down if you want. Here's why we're telling you it's something that, you've, that you need to be doing. A, uh, Christians in the Bible fasted, okay? Simple enough. That's very practical. Acts 13.3, Acts 14.23, they, they fasted in the Bible. Follow their lead, okay? Jesus fasted. Jesus was God, and he fasted for 40 days so that he could prepare for his ministry. Follow his lead. If Jesus needs it, I think that we do as well. 
And see, Jesus, and this is, you got to hear this, Jesus expects you to fast, all right? Can you just hear that and soak that in? Jesus expects you to fast. Here's why I could tell you that. Go look back at Matthew 6. What's he say? Whenever you fast. He doesn't say if you or just in case or, oh, by the way, if you were thinking about it, he says, you know what, whenever you do this, do it like this. He expects you to fast. Matthew 9, the Pharisees come to him and they're like, why aren't your disciples fasting? And he's like, well, I'm here with them. Why do they need to fast right now? And then he says, but later on I'm going to be gone and they will fast. They will need to fast later on. He expects you to fast. And I guarantee that some of you are yeah, butting me right now. You are in your head, you said, yeah, but. I don't really want you butting me anything. Um, it sounds gross. You might be tempted to say, yeah, but here's why I'm excluded. Yeah, but I've got a reason, or that's not really about me, or blah, blah, blah. If you're following Jesus and you believe in this word, it's here and he expects it out of you. So don't, yeah, but, and be careful not to exclude yourself from something that obviously Jesus says is important. Um, when we don't, I asked you to tell me what you did when the power goes out. Did you hear anything weird like, like odd things that people do when the power goes out? Like nobody said, like, grab a shovel. Nobody said that, right? Like weird things. When the power goes out, you just do some things. And it's not good when the power goes out, right? When you're missing power, there's certain things that you can't do. Fasting is a power of our life, and we're neglecting it, right, church? I have neglected it, and I've done it wrong. Think of it like this. It's an ingredient. It's a central key ingredient in the, the life of a Christian. I made you some cake today because we were talking about fasting and I wanted to give you a little treat. I was up to 11 o'clock baking cake. Was I not? And I made a horrible mess in the kitchen. I made you some cake. I made a double chocolate cake and then I made this like white cake with this like icing on it which was like whipped cream and I whipped it by hand because I don't have a mixer and it took forever. And I put, like, cinnamon in it. I thought that would be good. And here's what I did. I didn't put any sugar in the cake. And I also didn't even use cake flour. I used, like, all-purpose, like, bread flour. And it was horrible. And it was a lot of fun for me to watch you eat this cake because I played it up really big. And did anybody eat the white cake? I did. I saw some people throw it away. I saw some people, like, focus on it. And look around. Um, poor Larry. Uh, Larry made eye contact, which is horrible. He, he got, he, you know, we uh, tractor beamed each other. And he was taking a bite. And he was like, oh, yeah, this is good, man. You did a real good job with this. And, and um, I saw some really horrible faces and a lot of people throwing away. And, and I, I got to enjoy watching you eat the cake. And it was, it was fun. And Michael was very honest with me. Well, sort of honest. He wasn't honest enough. He said, it, it's kind of salty. And... Um, the, the whip part was good, but it needed a little more sugar, which I didn't put any in it. That's why. Um, I, like, set out to bake a cake, and I left out ingredients. And so I was fully intentioned to make you a cake. 
but it wasn't a cake, right? Like, it was like this weird bread, nasty stuff. And I'm sorry that, that I did that. No, I'm not. It was fun. I set out to bake a cake, and I left out ingredients so I didn't get a cake. All right, you see that? I, I'm following Jesus, but I'm leaving out an ingredient. I'm not really following him right. Like, that's a hard thing for me to tell you. And I think I'm okay to say that because it's, it's hard for me, and I know it's hard for Paul because we've talked about it. But if we're, if we're following Jesus and we're not doing this, then I don't think that we can say we're doing it right because we're leaving out an ingredient. We're trying to bake a cake without sugar. It's not a cake. Um, biblically, he's called us to fast. And if we're not doing it, we're leaving out an ingredient. We're leaving out a power source. Here's where I want to go with this. We're, we're done, okay? Uh, or I'm done. <clears throat> don't be, like, depressed by this. Or don't feel bad about it. Don't feel belittled about it because I've stood up here and told you you need to be fasting and you might not be. Or if you are, you might be doing it wrong. Because... I'm, I'm more guilty probably than anybody in the room at this. All I'm saying is right here, take this banner and run with it now. Pass is over, right? Let's pick up the banner as a church and say, fasting is biblical. It's part of my life. Here's how I do it. I'm going to start small. I'm just going to go for it. And I'm going to trust that God will lead me through it. Is that fair enough? Um, Paul's, Paul's going to come share with you where we go next as a church. You can come on. Um, I think there's one more blank, and I want to read you that. There might be two more blanks. Fasting is not an event in your life to help you receive. It's an element of your life because you're redeemed. It's what you do as a Christian. And then Jesus expects it and says God will reward it. So let's just do it. Is that fair enough? Paul, why don't you wrap this up and lead us, our church, the gathering, into what I think is kind of a next step and a necessary one as the body of Christ. Cool? That's good, wasn't it? Mm. Okay, so here's the deal. We, um, we talked a lot about this, kind of where do we go from here. And there's really no other way to apply um, three weeks of teaching on fasting other than fasting, right? So here's what we're going to do. This week, we're going to call you to fast. Um, you can, If you want to fast the whole week, sweet. If you want to do a meal, cool. If you want to fast something besides food, awesome. What we're going to do is this. When you leave this morning, now let me just try to explain this clearly. We thought about just getting up and saying, just sometime this week fast. And really, that fits with the whole secret thing, right? Because we just want to make it just you and God. But if you're like me, well, God help you if you are, but if you are like me, if you're just a normal human being, there is something about accountability that helps us do it. Um, 
and not accountability to us, we're not going to ask you to sign up so that we can send you an email and remind you because we're adults here. We don't need to be reminded about stuff like that. But there's something about writing my name in a slot that says, yes, I will fast at this time. And so when you leave today, Bridget, hello, Bridget. She has three sheets, if I remember correctly. One is if you'd like to fast um, just like one whole day, you can put down, I'm going to fast on Monday. If you want to fast a meal, you can put down, I'm going to fast this meal on this day. If you want to fast from something besides food, like maybe um, Facebook or, or TV or um, homework. <laughs> no. I'm, you, you can't. That doesn't count. I mean, I'm, there's not a verse for it in the Bible, but I'm sure that, that there, there was supposed to be. Um, you, you can't fast from homework. And you can't fast from, like, chores and things that you don't like. Like, I can't do a fast from peas because I'm not going to eat them anyway. So, um, But there's sheets back here. We'd love for you. Um, Bridget will be right over here at the larger table, and you can just come and, and just sign up. Now, that's only so you... Put your name down. It's a step of accountability for you and the Lord. Does that make sense? Now, next Sunday, I'm not teaching. Phil's not teaching. You're teaching. Because I believe this. I believe wholeheartedly that what Phil taught this morning is what the Bible says. That when we fast... And our Father sees what we do in secret. He will reward. Not He might, not He'll think about it, but He will. Which means, one of our core values here at the gathering is we value your story. We want God to receive glory and others to receive grace every time you tell it. It means that this week, I fully expect... That as you set time aside, you create a physical void and trust God to fill it spiritually, that you're going to come back here next Sunday with stories to tell about how God rewarded you as you fasted. Does that make sense? Now, am I taking a risk? Maybe. But I'd like to take a risk on the Word of God. I'm completely cool with that. I have no doubt. Do you have to share next week? No. No but you'll probably want to.